0: Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, hey, family. God is definitely the God of miracles, and this is the day that the Lord has made. So let us, together connected, rejoice and be glad in it. I'll tell you, it's great to be together again. And as always, Pastor Kristen and I, we count it as an honor and a privilege to be able to speak into your lives and really bring you God's goodness, bring you hope, life, and the truth of who you are, both through worship and Scripture. So this morning, I want to start in 2 Corinthians and chapter 5. I'm going to get right into this. Let's start with verse 16. This is out of the Message Bible. It says, Because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We looked at the Messiah that way once. And got it all wrong, as you know. Now I want you to catch on to the flow here that Paul is telling us. He says we certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now we look inside, and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone, a new life burgeons. Look at it. All this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us and him. Man, that is so beautiful. Look at this, and then called us to settle our relationships with each other, so it's going somewhere. See the flow? God put the world square with himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. God has given us the task of telling everyone what he is doing. We're Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences, catch on to this, and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Becoming friends with God, he's already a friend with you. Wow, come on. That is amazing. That that right there is good news. Like, we could literally just pack up and go home. Of course, you're probably already home. But my point is, that right there is such good news. That we become friends of God, but he's already a friend of you. There's nothing you can do to change his mind about friendship with you, or fatherhood toward you. He loves you, and he accepts you right where you are. This morning, I want to take a few moments and talk a little bit about resurrection. Now, I can hear some of you ask the question, didn't we just celebrate resurrection last week? Well, of course we did. We absolutely celebrated the resurrection of Christ. But, and this is something that really matters, what does that mean a week later? two weeks later, 10 weeks later, 20 weeks later. Do you you see where I'm going with this? What I'm getting at is, what does it actually look like to live out resurrected life here and now? Listen, if we don't explore this and, you know, we don't look for answers to this question, then we're stuck to just celebrating resurrection one day a year and somehow missing the whole point. Now, last week we said that resurrection matters, and I believe that it does this week and the next, and the next, and so on and so forth. So the question is, what does it look like to be living out resurrected life? If you wanted the title for today, it would be living out resurrected life. Now, last weekend, it was actually on Easter Sunday, Kristen and I, we watched a movie entitled Just Mercy. If you had not gotten a chance yet to see this movie, I definitely highly suggest it. It's a really powerful movie. And as we're watching this movie, I was really hurt emotionally. It was just so hard to see such anger and hatred and bigotry toward another human being or another people group. And we found ourselves asking the question quite often and literally throughout the movie, what is wrong with people? I mean, what causes people to treat someone like this? Why is there such injustice in this world? But the truth and the reason why people act like this is because they have forgotten their identity, right? They don't know who they are. We could actually say that they are being ruled by sin. You see, the Apostle Paul actually deals with this in his letter to the Romans. Romans chapter 6, let's turn there, and we're going to look at verse 5 and 6. Read this with me. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, which, by the way, we have been, we will certainly also, look at this, be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be what? Done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. You see, when someone is acting in this manner, or I would say outside of their true self or identity, like the movie Just Mercy, or let's be honest, even in our own life when people are acting crazy and acting a fool, right? They are literally being slaves to sin. But here's the thing. We've been freed from the slavery of sin. And this happens, of course, through our death, burial, and resurrection with Christ. But here's the deal. Not all of us are operating from true identity. We all have blind spots in our lives. Can I get one amen this morning on that? We all have blind spots, right? We've all been here. We've all had to deal with lies that we believed about ourselves, others, and God. So, in that vein, what does all this slavery to sin talk have to do with living out resurrected life? First, I think we need to see what the definition of sin is according to the Scriptures. I think this will help us draw a parallel between what it looks like to live a life in bondage to sin versus what it looks like to live a resurrected life of newness. Now, the Greek word often translated into the English as sin is the word hamartia. Now, some will tell you that the word means missing the mark, and then they'll go on to explain that, you know, the mark is moral perfection or right behavior. And once again, we're back on the performance hamster wheel, right? But if the essence of God's nature is relationship, then I think that sin must be defined and understood. As missing a relational reality. It's really a distortion of the image of God within us. Now, the word hamartia is made up of two parts. The first is a prefix, and the prefix is ha, H A dash, which is a negation. It's kind of like un or dis. For example, if you like something, you put dis on the front of that, and now you dislike. So it literally changes the meaning of the word. So the prefix ha. And the word martia, which is from the Greek root word miros, which means this part, portion, or measure. Now, some scholars say that it specifically means form, origin, or being. Now, that word origin, if you've gone to Faith City for any amount of time, we would immediately think back to the word father, which in the Greek is the word pater. And what does it mean? Source or origin. This is big. So, the fundamental meaning. Of sin is negation of origin or being, or we could say formless. Yes, it's certainly about missing the mark, but the mark is not perfect moral behavior. The mark is the truth of your being. There is a truth about who you are. God's proclamation about a very good creation is the truest about you. It brings me the verses in Scripture like this: "For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory." Of God. This is where word meanings are extremely important, right? For all have sinned and fallen short of the what? The glory. That word in the Greek is doxa, which means to have a good opinion of. So, literally, when we are wallowing in sin, when we are lost in sin, it's because we have fallen short of God's good opinion of us. Whole new meaning, right? Just one word can change the meaning of everything. So, again, yes, sin is missing the mark. But you guys, it's the mark of the truth of your being. It's when you fall short of God's opinion of you, how he sees you as his very good creation. That's when we wallow around in things that are outside of our identity. See, that very good creation is the origin of you, the truth of who you are in your being. Sin, then, is anything that negates Undermines or misrepresents the truth of who you are, no matter how pretty or how ugly that is. Now, I heard someone actually put it like this. They said behavior becomes either an authentic way of expressing the truth of your good creation or an effort to cover up, we could say performance mode or performance behavior, the shame of what you think of yourself. Because many of us walk around and we really do feel shame. We really do feel worthless. But listen, When you understand who you are, everything changes. Understanding your forgiveness and your newness in Christ, or we could say resurrection, what does it do? It awakens you to your true identity and in turn results in behavior that reflects that identity. So, you know, many times we see sin as a verb when really it's a noun. Sin is living from a wrong identity. But when we get that identity right, that our actions will reflect the proper understanding of our identity. Are you catching on to this? This is huge. So, this resurrection story has depth. It's not light and fluffy because resurrection requires death. We talked about this last week. But again, I don't want us to just celebrate resurrection one time, one day in a single year. I want us to celebrate resurrection every day. And guess how that happens? It's when we see death in ideas that we believe that aren't true, lies about ourselves, lies about God. Then we resurrect into new ways of thinking, right? That's what repentance is. That word repentance in the Greek is the word metanoia, and it means to change your mind. See, resurrection speaks to how we be in this world. Now, I know that's not perfect grammar, but think about it. We are human beings, not human doings. So again, resurrection speaks to how we be in this world. Resurrection is about living in a better way. The resurrection also says that there's more and that the last word hasn't been spoken yet. Now, I love this quote by William Paul Young. He says this, Wholeness is when the way of your being matches the truth of your being. Now, think about that. What is the way of your being? It's the way that you live, how you walk, you talk, your responses what you do, your actions, all those things, right? That's your way of being. He says, wholeness is when the way of your being matches the truth of your being. Do you know that truth is true whether you've awakened to it or not? You know the truth is true whether you see it or not? But see, true wholeness comes when the way that we do life matches the truth of who we are. This applies to us here and now. Resurrection is about now. Not just 2,000 years ago. So, wherever you find yourself, in your loss, in your grieving, in your failure, there can be resurrection. Suffering, injustice, exclusion, racism, hatred, bigotry, violence, they don't have the last word. When you find yourself in the midst of trials and adversity, I mean, like even right here and now, right? You may ask the question Is that it? Is this all there is? but resurrection has a resounding answer. No, there's more. The last word hasn't been spoken. Resurrection means the story isn't over. Now, just as an example of what it looks like to walk out true identity and resurrected life in the midst of strong emotions, let's go back to the way I felt when I watched the movie Just Mercy. Now, if I were completely honest with you, which I don't know any other way to be, <laughs> I was extremely upset. No, I was just outright angry. Now, how does that play out when it comes to living out godly, resurrected lives of peace, grace, and acceptance? This is important to ask. Now, listen to me. Being angry isn't wrong, but letting it consume you is where we get into trouble. Paul says, What? Be angry and sin not. In fact, if we just look at the book of Ephesians in chapter 4, verse 26, I love this in the mirror translation. He says this, even if you think you have a valid excuse, do not let anger dominate your day. See, that's the issue right there. Are we letting anger dominate our day? Are we letting it consume us to the point where we're letting it, anger, control our reactions and our actions to situations, right? He goes on to say, if you don't deal with it immediately in the light of the lightness of Christ in you. So there, there's a comparison here. There's a way to deal with this immediately. It's through the light of the lightness of Christ in you. He says, the sun sets for you and your day becomes one of lost opportunity. Look at this, where darkness employs anger to snare you into sin. See, that's where this happens. That's why I want to make this parallel today between living this resurrected life or living a life where we're enslaved to sin. In this example, we can be angry, but do we let it consume us? Do we let it snare us and draw us into sin? See, this story of resurrection, it speaks to anyone who has ever been knocked around or taken advantage of. It also speaks to those in power, those who use that power to oppress and manipulate and take advantage of. It says, this won't last forever. Be careful, because your power may come to an end. Think about this. For the first thousand years of this Jesus movement, this idea of the cross and resurrection, we referred to as Christos victor, which means the conquering of death. So this story was one of all life being affirmed. It's more than a story about you and your heart. It's about you being joined to something much, much bigger. It's God affirming life across the whole span of the universe. You matter. I matter. We have purpose. God created us for relationship, my friends, and he took on flesh to show us what that looked like. Resurrection was a big yes to life and to us. Do you follow that? Are are you catching the spirit of this this morning? Resurrection matters. But again, we can't just leave it to celebrations once a year. This is an everyday experience where we're bringing death to lies and old ideas, and we're resurrecting to a brand new way of thinking and doing. So let's look back at 2 Corinthians and chapter 5. And I love this translation here in the Amplified Classic version. Starting with verse 16, he says, Consequently, from now on, we estimate and regard no one from a purely human point of view or we could say in terms of natural standards of value. No. Even though we once did estimate Christ from a human viewpoint, and as a man, yet now, see here's the change, we have such knowledge of him that we know him no longer in terms of the flesh. Verse 17. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Do you see it? Do you see that resurrection matters? It's not just something that we celebrate one time a year. This should be something that we celebrate every single day. We're putting away old thoughts, old ideas, and we're resurrecting to brand new ways of living. And so, to answer my own question, why do people act crazy? Why do they act a the fool? Why do we see such anger and hatred and bigotry and, and patriarchy? It's because people have not yet awakened to who they truly are. When we connect with that and we begin to resurrect in those facets and areas of our soul where those lies we believed about ourselves, we're walking those out. When we begin to see healing in those areas of our soul and we have mind change in those areas of our soul, Guess what happens? We walk out life differently. We be who we truly are created to be. So with all that being said, let's make sure that resurrection is being lived out through our lives. That no matter what comes our way, no matter the circumstances, the adversity, good days or bad days, that we are allowing the Christ in us, the kingdom in us to live through us and reach those that we have connection with and the open door to speak into their lives. My friends, let's live out resurrection life. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we first of all thank you for your love, your grace, and your goodness toward us. I pray that today for many of us, we've had a mind change, that repentance has transpired, that we're seeing things a little differently than even we did before, that we're realizing resurrection really matters here and now not just a celebration of something, you know, 2,000 plus years ago, but this is reality. This is now. If there's areas in our life, Heavenly Father, where we're not living out resurrected life, I pray right now by the Holy Spirit that you're showing us those areas. Jesus, we give you permission to heal those areas of our soul, to bring truth where we're believing lies. I thank you for healing and restoration in those areas of people's lives. I pray that we're beginning to walk out day by day, more and more resurrected life in Christ. I just pray peace. I pray security. I pray goodness over those who are watching right now. We thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv.